Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we catch up with young Gambian player Modu Lamine Marong, who's pursuing his dream of making it in one of the big leagues of Europe. Modu's playing in the Swedish third division. He tells us about the sacrifices that he's making to follow his dream. I'd be here alone thinking about my family back in the Gambia, but I see that this is a destiny. I must come to Europe and then showcase my talent, you know, but I miss most of my friends Plus the latest from the English Premier League and the UEFA Champions League too, as we ask if it's the end of an era for Real Madrid. That's all coming up, but first the CAF Champions League continues this weekend. It's match day five and we're likely to see some teams book their places in the quarterfinals. Holders Esperance of Tunisia may well do it with a game to spare. So too could Constantine of Algeria, TP Mazembe of DR Congo and Al Ahly of Egypt. The last round of group games will be the following weekend and then it's on to the last round of qualifiers for this year's Africa Cup of Nations with 10 places still up for grabs and many teams having named their squads already for their crucial games. And in women's football at the Cyprus Cup, Nigeria and South Africa didn't do that well there as they prepare for the Women's World Cup later on this year. Nigeria had two wins and they had two defeats as they beat Thailand 3-0 in the match for seventh place. South Africa finished only 10th. They lost a 3-0 to Finland in the ninth place playoff. Uh, they had one draw, three defeats and no victories for Banyana Banyana. So still plenty of work for them to do ahead of the World Cup in France. Now, about six months ago, we featured an interview with a young Gambian player, Modu Lamine Marong, one of many footballers around Africa who dream of making it to Europe and playing in one of the big leagues there. At the time, Modu had been training with a club in Sweden, and soon after he signed for Swedish third division side John Sareds. He played eight games and scored seven goals, as he helped John Sareds to move from 10th to 4th in the league, which is currently on the off-season break. Modu is just 20 years old, he's also a listener to Planet Sport Football Africa, and Adrian Barnard spoke to him on Skype and asked how things are going. Yeah, yeah. Now I have been settled in the life in Sweden. I have improved myself a lot in football. I have improved in the environment. I have very, very good technical staff, the coaches and the supporting fans. They are all, all amazing. You know, I feel like home here in Jonsvaret. But I am hoping for a move. Maybe in the summer I am hoping for a move. Good to hear that you're settling in. Well, what are the main differences then between football in Sweden and uh, in the Gambia, where you came from? Oh, it's um, it's very, very different um, from the Gambia and even Senegal. Um, likewise, here in Sweden. In Sweden, the, uh, the playing is very, very tough. Um, how you play the ball, that's how you are going to make position yourself in the game. And then marking man-to-man, marking is very, very tough here in Sweden. It's very, very different from Senegal, Gambia. Sweden is very, very different. And we know when you're playing for a professional side, it's not just your teammates and the, the manager and the coaches who help you, but it's the fans as well. Uh, how have you been getting on with the fans? Have they accepted you as one of the team? 
Yeah, I have uh, the fans here are very, very um, uh, extraordinary. I, sometimes I used to hear one of them, some of them saying "Modo on fire, Modo on fire." So when I heard this song, it motivates me a lot. So I manage every game to score, you know, to please the fans. It's not very easy, but I'm very, very happy here in Yonsarit. I'm very happy, you know. Good to hear that you're very happy there. But you also spoke just now about uh, hopefully having a, a move to uh, another team uh, in the summer. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Have you made any inquiries about that yet? Yeah, so many, um, so many teams came for my uh, for my hand in service. There are many big teams, clubs um, who are monitoring me here in Yonsarit. But hopefully, I will go in the summer. I don't want to reveal the name of any team right now, but there is more teams coming for my services in Yonsarit. But at least I need time to get used to Sweden more. And then the language, you know, it's very difficult to speak the Swedish language. But I hope in the summer I will I will have a move to another bigger club, inshallah. <laughs> well, we spoke about how well you're settling in. Uh, of course, you get the snow and the cold weather in Sweden. That's very different from what you'd expect uh, back at home in, in West Africa. Have you been coping with the weather? <laughs> no, the, the weather, weather is, the weather is um, very cold and very frustrating, depressing, you know. Uh, it's very, very different from that of Africa. You know, Africa is sunny and then... Uh, it's always warm in Africa, but here it's very cold. Training in the summer, uh, to train in the snow is very, very difficult. It's very difficult, you know. And of course, because of the weather, you have that uh, mid-season break, don't you? You're you're now in the off-season, and the leagues begin again, I believe, at the end of March. So you're back into pre-season matches now, are you? How's that been going? Yeah, in this pre-season matches, we played four games. We won two. I scored two, and then make. Uh, three assists so far in this precision matches. Um, it's really telling well, you know, I'm going well and then I'm very much ready for the upcoming season. And how are you finding it in Sweden as someone from West Africa? Are you missing home quite a lot? Are there any other uh, African players either in your team or in uh, some of the opposition teams that you come across week by week? Yeah, it's um, Adrian is very, 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 it's not easy at all. You know, I miss my mom, I miss my family, I miss my friends, people like Suleiman Cham, Bunjanyan. I miss most, most, some of them, you know, even my younger brothers, my senior brothers, Adam Amaron and others. I cannot name all. I miss them sometimes. I, I be here alone thinking about my family back in the Gambia, but I see that this is a destiny. I must come to Europe and then uh, showcase my talent, you know, but I miss most of my friends. And my brothers, even Seku Batismarong in the Gambia, I miss all of them, you know. I'm very close to them, but it's not easy at all. Well, it's very good then to hear that the club and the fans have made you feel at home. But there is that tension, isn't there? You miss your family and your friends back home. But this is what you need to do as a professional footballer to increase your skills and to give yourself better opportunities. So a move to Sweden, is that something that you think has definitely been worthwhile for you? Yeah, it's something that I, I, I used to work for to come to Sweden. But, you know, here I have a friend here by, by the name Lamin Sonko in, in Gothenburg here, Wiesel Grinsplastin. When I first moved to Sweden, he is the one motivating me, telling me that you have to take it easy. The talent is in you. You will get used to the Sweden. You will get used to the environment. So take it easy. Um, you are going close to your dreams. So soon it will come back. And it's a very nice person, Lamin Sonko. He is motivating me a lot. And then I really appreciate him. Well, you're still only 20 years old, so um, you've got a, a long career ahead of you. What are your expectations now, do you think, in the next few years? 
yeah i am hopefully getting a move and then, yes i'm 20 years of age just now and then i know i have a long way to go that's why i'm not i'm not in a hurry just now about my career because i know soon i will go to the top to play for one of the biggest clubs and uh, finally, Modu, there may well be uh, young football players in Africa, indeed, even uh, in, the, in the Gambia, back home in the Gambia, listening to this interview now, who might be thinking, I'd love to become a professional footballer and make my career in this wonderful, beautiful game. What advice would you give to them listening now, considering where you are now? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, football in Africa and football in Europe is quite different. So people who are listening to me, I'm a Gambian by nationality. I have played in Gambia, I have played in Senegal. So I experience now two continents in Africa and in Europe. So my advice to everyone is let them continue fighting, train hard, two times a day or three times a day because here is very different. When you are watching Europeans, professionals playing in the TV, you think that it's very easy. But when reality hits you, you know that football in Europe is not easy. It's very, very tough. The training ways and the tactical works are very, very different. So my advice to all of them is let them train hard, believe in their dreams and know that one day or the other, they will reach to their dreams. Dreams have no boundaries in football. Well, talking about dreams having no boundaries, do you have a dream of playing for the Scorpions one day? Yeah, playing for the Scorpions. I like my country. I will see when if I can play for my country, but I definitely like my country. So I hope one day I will go and play for Scorpions, inshallah. <laughs> Well, we wish you well with that. And finally, now, as we come to a close, Modu, we have the uh, Cup of Nations coming up in Egypt in June. Now, sadly, uh, the Scorpions won't be there. But what are your thoughts uh, on that now? You've got some very strong contenders there. Egypt is the home nation with Mo Salah there leading the attack. And of course, we can expect some strong challenges from some of the other African teams taking part. What are your thoughts on that? Who do you think is a favourite for AFCON? Yeah, um, Egypt is a footballing country, as we remember, not even Mohamed Salah alone, but when we remember Mohamed Abu Tarika, Ahmed Hassan and other players, they, had, they used to produce very good um, football players. So when they host this African Cup of Nations, it's going to be very, very difficult for other competitive countries. So for Gambia not participating in Africa Cup of Nations, it really doubts me a lot because we have the quality players. Our players are now beginning to play in the top leagues, you know, but I don't know the reason. I cannot understand the reason why Gambia cannot qualify here to the African Cup of Nations. But it really, it really doubts me how we cannot make it to the African Cup of Nations still. And whilst the teams like Mauritania are making it to the African Cup of Nations, it doubts me a lot, to be frank enough. Well, we'll see when the Gambia get their turn to qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations. That's a 20-year-old Gambian footballer, Modu Lamine Marong, who's playing in the Swedish third division. Uh, well, as Modu was talking about his journey and his dreams, it's uh, clear that he's making a huge sacrifice to pursue his dreams, living in a foreign country, training hard, getting to grips with harsh weather and with a new culture. Uh, well, Solomon, last week we heard from Nigeria and Leicester midfielder Wilfred Ndidi. We heard how good character has been key for him in achieving his dreams. And now from what Modu's been saying, it's clear too that you need sacrifice to achieve your dreams. It's indeed uh, clear for a lot of hardworking footballers, definitely that, you know, sacrifices that you have to make for you to be able to achieve your dream are there 
and you don't you cannot do anything to avoid them and if you do do anything to avoid them then you're not going to get to your dreams you know and uh modu's uh story so far in uh, Sweden is, is quite amazing. Great start for him. I mean, for a very young football player like him, you leave your f- your family, you leave your friends, and uh, you you go out all there to a very alien country. There's no similarities in the culture of Gambia and also in the culture of uh, Swedish. Uh, English is not their first language. Uh, you leave your family behind, the support of your parents, the support of your, your family, and now you, you're being thrown into the deep end, you have to learn the language. Whilst you were trying to navigate the culture, at the same time you were expected to to play well. I feel that sacrifice is definitely worth it for you to be able to to get through your career. And those are some of the things you know that that you have to do. Uh, you know, he mentioned also how intense it is in Sweden, uh, the training and uh, the tactics. And you know, when you are playing in a country like Sweden, uh, and if you really want to achieve your career goals, then for you to be able to train well, you have to rest well. You have to take care of your body and taking care of your body requires that when your your mates are going out trying to uh, have fun in the night and stay out and go to the nightclubs you you tend to uh, make the decision that look you know going out and coming back late is not definitely not going to help my body you don't look for immediate gratification uh, you don't look to satisfy your your needs now because you're thinking long term uh, and and putting your faith in God, believing that God would help you, knowing what you want to achieve, knowing that, you know, Sweden is the starting block, but you want to go hopefully play in some of the big leagues in Europe. For a player like Modu, uh, he knows that back in the Gambia, you know, he has families, you know, there's a mother, there's uh, cousins, there's brothers and sisters to take care of. Uh, you know, he, he would need to send money back home regularly. They're looking up to him, but but he has to achieve his career goals for him to be able to uh, to, to get there. Now, remember also, football is a very, very short career. Uh, and if you don't take care of your body, it's actually going to be shorter than it should be. Uh, so it's a good move for him. I When I listen to his interview, definitely I, I hear a very positive young man who is very much aware of the sacrifices that he needs to make uh, to be able to make it big in Europe. And, and he's appreciating the first step. Thanks, Solomon. Yes, a sacrifice and hard work are certainly ingredients for success. And we wish young Modu Lamine Marong all the best as he pursues his career in Europe. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen on our New Look website, that's planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there too, that's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. Plus interviews with sports stars including Collins Fai from Cameroon and Kaká from Brazil. Uh, plus pictures and profiles of the whole team, uh, that's in the About Us section on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. Well, next we turn to social media, and on last week's show we heard the story of Nigeria and Leicester midfielder Wilfred Ndidi, who's a big star now, but as a teenager he was selling ground nuts and selling water on the streets of Lagos to help his family to survive. 
And Didi says that he did extra jobs, cleaning car windscreens to get money to buy football boots and to pursue his dream, and that he avoided the temptation to get fast money. And Didi told us what is in your hands is what you have, but hard work, discipline and focus were key for him. So we asked how important do you think that good character is if you are to achieve your dreams. On WhatsApp and Ansamana Dabo in the Gambia says, Good character is very important in one's life. If it were not for Wilfred's good character, he wouldn't be where he is presently. Esunge in Cameroon says, Character is like pregnancy. It will never hide. It gives rise to a disciplined athlete. Indiscipline has killed the careers of many sportsmen and women. Hence I say no to bad character, says Esunge. Philip Canu in the Gambia says of Wilfred and Didi, well, that's his life, but everyone has their own story. If you look at most of the big names, uh, they've gone through many difficulties in life. And when all is said and done, it's hard work, commitment, good character, good attitude and obedience that will make you successful, says Philip. Lee Sise in Turkey agrees, saying huge respect for Wilfred. That's why nobody should look down low upon whatever situation you find yourself in. With great character and faith, everything is possible, says Lee. Lamine Debasse in The Gambia says the best way to achieve your dreams is to be patient and serious. And staying in The Gambia, Medlove says that Ndidi was right when he says focus on hard work. And added to that, humility helps you to achieve your dreams. God bless those who showcase humility as pride does not help you to achieve your goals, says Medlove. Lamine Cham, also in the Gambia, says, I can't just call this star Wilfred Ndidi a footballer, but a sociologist too. Everyone could copy from him. My brother, all the Premier League fans are behind you. I'm glad that you are immensely helping one of my favourite teams in the world, Leicester, to win more games this season, says Lamine. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in the United States. Good character and discipline is very important, especially when you work or play a team sport, says Gemo. I've witnessed teams where people who are not very talented make the team because of their excellent attitude, hard work and how they bring the team together. Lamin Chatti is in the Gambia, and Didi rightly mentioned that discipline and patience are the pathway to success, says Lamin. A 1,000 miles journey begins with just one single step. Balong Baji, also in the Gambia, says good character is so beneficial that it easily inspires one to be content, which leads to one having good self-esteem. Mohamed Krubali says discipline is the highest authority in life. Hard work and focus is the key to success. You can't have success without these things. Indiscipline and laziness will lead you nowhere. And Mohamed continues saying, Thank you, Steve, and all the team for your hard work and discipline because the job is not easy. But may God bless you all. That's very true. Thank you so much for your kind comments there, Mohamed. Samba Jao in the Gambia says, well, it will be very difficult to achieve your goals without good character. So you need it with you in anything you're doing because it is the key to achieving your goals. And finally on this, a story from Samba Kante who says, after completing high school, I decided to study electronic engineering for five years at the Gambia Technical Training Institute and to get impressive documents. But I was unemployed for over two years. That made some of my colleagues to venture into the illegal route to Europe. 
but I decided to engage in other little businesses like selling bread and cakes. Then I had some financial good fortune, and I now run a larger scale business and employ up to seven people. So good character means a brighter future always. Interesting. Thanks for that, Samba. Thanks to everyone for those comments and for sharing your experiences with us. And briefly on another note, as Zambia won't be renewing the contract of their Belgian coach Sven Vandenbroek, uh, very angry there is Mwila Mubanga, who says, "I'm absolutely disgusted unless he's replaced by an equally good or better European or South American coach. I'm suspending my support of the Chipolo Polo until further notice." Uh, well, Vandenbroek did uh, fail uh, to qualify Zambia. For this year's Nations Cup, that was the reason for his contract not being renewed. Right then, this week we have a blazing hot question for you on social media: Is it the end of the Real Madrid empire?、Uh, what a shocker on Tuesday, as Real Madrid were knocked out of the Champions League at the round of 16 stage by Ajax, who stunned them 4-1 at home in the second leg. Real had, of course, won the three previous editions of the Champions League, and it followed two El Clasico defeats in four days to Barcelona.、Uh, so, what do you think? What's the Problem is this the end of an era for Real Madrid? Do we blame the coach? Is it the management? Is it all because of the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo? Give us your thoughts. You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Let's go to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK. Stuart, what do you make of Real? Madrid's current woes. While you can't argue with winning three Champions League finals in a row, all has not been well for some time at Real Madrid. They won La Liga in 2017. That's the only time in the past six years that they've been champions of Spain, and only twice in the past ten years. The Real Madrid stars are aging, and they haven't been replaced by players at the same level. Take Sergio Ramos, their best defender for ten years. He's 32. Luka Modric, World Player of the Year last year, he's 33. And Gareth Bale, another of the Galacticos, seems to be out of favour. He's only played 90 minutes four times all season, and he was jeered last week. This season in the league, Real Madrid are 12 points behind Barcelona. And the Ajax game was incredibly their fourth defeat in five games, including two games at home to Barcelona, one in the league and one in the cup. But remember last year, Cristiano Ronaldo scored 26 league goals, and in the seasons before that, 25, 35, 48, 31, 34, 46, 40. You're bound to miss somebody scoring that number of goals. And this season, their leading goal scorer, Karim Benzema, has got 11. Vincent Del Bosque was manager of Real Madrid for four years until June 2003. But in the last 16 years, incredibly, Real Madrid have had 15 different managers: Jose Mourinho, Fabio Capello, Carlo Ancelotti, Rafa Benitez, Zinedine Zidane, Manuel Pellegrini, among them. And that lack of stability really can't help. But I can't see an easy fix here. It seems unlikely that the current manager Santiago Solari will survive beyond the summer. But frankly, they need not just a new coach, but pretty much a new team.
Yes, many concerns at Real Madrid. And a lot of excitement in the other Champions League games too. A truly sensational win for Manchester United over Paris Saint-Germain, a 2-0 down from the first leg. But they became the first team in Champions League and European Cup history to overcome a 2-0 or greater home first leg deficit. And this was at the 107th attempt for any club in that position. Uh, there was, of course, a much-debated video assistant referee penalty converted by Marcus Rashford in stoppage time of an incredible match. Rashford, who scored the United penalty, was born in 1997 and the goalkeeper he faced, Gianluigi Buffon, had already played his first game. His first pro game was in 1996. So the Ole Gunnar legend grows and of course he is a man who knows a bit about stoppage time goals in the Champions League. In the other game, Porto beat Roma 3-1 to qualify for the quarterfinals. Uh, Musa Marega from Mali played the full game and Yassin Brahimi, the Algerian, came off the bench. Tottenham Hotspur progressed to the quarterfinals, beating Dortmund 1-0 in Germany for an aggregate 4-0. And their Ivorian fullback Serge Aurier played in that game. It's interesting how he rarely starts in the Premier League, but seems to be the first choice in the Champions League. And the other ties in the round of the last 16 are next week. And I wonder what lies ahead after the excitement of this week's games. OK, let's go to the English Premier League now. Arsenal-Man United on Sunday is the big game, while Manchester City host Watford and Liverpool at home to Burnley. And Man City leading Liverpool by a point. Yes, indeed. Manchester City are back on the top of the Premier League by one point. And remember December, when Liverpool played seven Premier League games, won all seven of them, and had that ridiculous goal difference of 23-4 and three against. Well, since the 30th of January, Liverpool have played six games in the Premier League, won two, and drawn four of them. And while Jurgen Klopp and some of the players are saying who wants to be top of the league in March, it's not very convincing rhetoric. And it's hard, frankly, not to conclude that Liverpool have just blown an incredibly good chance of winning the league. While Tottenham have done well in the Champions League, they've had a difficult month in the Premier League too, with two defeats and a draw in their last three games, which I think really takes away any chance they had of winning the league. And it could have been three successive defeats because last weekend, when they drew 1-1 with Arsenal, had Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang not missed a late penalty for Arsenal, hitting the ball too close to Hugo Lloris, it would have been a defeat. But that now leaves Tottenham 10 points behind Manchester City and only three ahead of Manchester United. And to make matters worse for Tottenham, their new stadium, which they were planning to move into last September, is still not ready. And there's a real chance that the Premier League will not allow them to change home grounds so late in the season. At the bottom of the table, Fulham fired Claudio Ranieri, who had seen Fulham only win three times in the 17 games he was in charge for. They've appointed Scott Parker, one of the coaching staff, as caretaker. And sadly, Cardiff City's chances of surviving have not been helped by a serious knee injury to the Ivorian Sol Bamba, which will keep him out for the rest of the season. Yes, and Bamba likely to miss the Africa Cup of Nations too in June and July. And just finally, Stuart, a few weeks ago you told us there was likely to be a law change concerning goals involving accidental handball. And indeed the law will change from next season. 
Well, yes. Actually, a week or two ago, we talked about Sergio Aguero's goal for Manchester City against Arsenal when he put the ball into the net with his arm, but accidentally. And under the current laws, the goal stands. But last week, the International Football Board agreed on changes to the laws in an attempt to end the confusion over what constitutes deliberate contact with the ball and particularly on the topic of when you would be penalised for handball when it's not deliberate. This is their statement. On the topic of defining handball, the decision was taken by the IFAB to provide a more precise and detailed definition of what constitutes handball, in particular with regard to occasions when non-deliberate or accidental handball will be penalised. For example, a goal scored directly with the hand or arm, even if accidental, or a player scoring or creating a goal-scoring opportunity, having gained possession of the ball or controlled the ball with their hand or arm, even if accidental, will no longer be allowed. So under the current laws, the referee was correct to allow Aguero's goal. But next season, such a goal would be ruled out because the contact with the arm gave him an advantage. And I must say, I think changing that does make a lot of sense. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show. Those UEFA Champions League round of 16 second legs to look forward to. Tuesday, it's Manchester City against Schalke and Juventus play Atletico Madrid. Juve 2-0 down from the first leg, just as Manchester United were. And then on Wednesday, Bayern Munich-Liverpool after a goalless first leg and Barcelona-Leon. Also, that was 0-0 in the first leg. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.